said that Jesus Christ has risen and he is the open door how you doing everyone welcome to this episode of the Cajun conservative show where we talk about life we talk about liberty and yes we talk about the pursuit of happiness and we show the world that us Cajuns do have intelligence hope you're having a good day good week wherever you are located remember that this is the day that the Lord has made we should rejoice and be glad in it no matter what you're going through no matter what trial what tribulation God got it in control Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to be here today. It is an honor and a privilege, as always, to stand in front of this camera and in front of this microphone to uh, to go ahead and give you my thoughts and opinions. And it it is an honor for me to go ahead and, and, and be around here because, you know, a lot of people do this and they, they, they think, well, we're going to be big and famous and stuff. I'm not really worried about that. I just want to get my thoughts and opinions out there. But at the same time, to think that someone like you would go ahead and want to listen and want to hear my opinion it is it is a it is a blessing and i want to thank you as always for your continual support by listening to this show and if this is your first time, thank you for joining us and welcome to the Cajun Conservative family. If you would like to get more updates on episodes, you can always hit the bell or the follow button or the subscribe button, depending on the platform you're listening on. And it, uh, it helps me out more than you know. A lot of people don't think hitting that subscribe button helps out. It helps out a lot, especially for a content creator um, or a, you know, someone that, that li likes doing broadcasting it helps out a lot uh even big networks you you'd be surprised how many big networks ask people to go subscribe to their youtube channel and it, uh or their facebook page or whatever it is uh, and i know we have a lot of people we are we are well over a thousand uh followers on facebook we got to continue getting that that number to grow on facebook so go like the facebook page um TikTok, we passed over this week 600 uh 650 followers on TikTok. So I'm excited that we have uh we have people on TikTok that's engaging with us. Um so that that is a blessing as well. Um we are we are growing in the audio side, we're growing on the me uh, social media side. Uh we 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 ramping up the business to try to get it going. I just, I can't say enough. That's that's you. It's you helping me out do this and I, I am honored I am privileged to have a great audience like yourself and uh I just thank the Lord for y'all every day so with that being said before I get into my topic because today is a day of remembrance you might be asking Isaac it's just September 11th well it's a, it was a regular day in September 11th of 2021 uh, of 2001 in 2001 it was attacked by brutless uh, men that 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 try to that try to control everything by fear. September 11th, my alarm going off. <laughs> September 11th was a a day that I will always remember. I was only I believe I was eight years old at the time, and I I think I tell the story every year. It just I remember because I was homeschooled, we were home and getting that phone call from one of my relatives saying, look, the, you need to turn on TV. It is, um, 
something bad happening. And America was never the same. Um, look, we had great leadership at the time. Some things came out of it that I did not agree with. But today we remember the fallen. All the people that that unfortunately lost their lives that day. And I think everybody probably remembers September 11th. They probably remember the day that where they were at, where they were at when those towers fell, uh, when the Pentagon was hit, uh, when, when everything, when, when everything seemed hopeless. But if you remember, if you, if you remember that time, America was strong. We were united. It didn't matter if you was a Republican or a Democrat. It didn't matter if you was a conservative or a liberal. We had a common goal. Let's, let's go ahead and get the, the person, uh, uh, responsible for this. And like I said, September 11, I, I remember September 11 every day of my life, you know, and look, funny thing. We were talking about this at church, uh, last night and just remembering September 11, it was the stories that, that we was, we were all sharing. And ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's heartbreaking. And look, the, the whole, the, the whole thing, why this came up and it was because, uh, my wife's a teacher and she was hanging out with one of her teacher friends and they were talking about this. They were talking about, you know, t- talking about September 11. And I was like, wow, is that long already that, that we, that we could put it in history books. And we started talking about experience. So, but I want to pray for the families, you know, you know, or if you can pray for the families um, of the the victims of September 11, that is a dark day uh, that that happened in America and people were lost. Citizens were under attack. Now, thankfully, through leadership of this country, um, we got the perpetrators that caused 9/11, and. You know, you know, sometimes we don't agree with a lot of our leadership's policies, but, uh, back, I think it was, I think, oh, wait, I'm not sure. It was a few years. It was, it was in the Obama administration. Maybe it was longer. Uh, Obama put the, put the order out there. Let's go get Osama bin Laden. They knew where he was at. So, uh, justice was served. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, in your time today, even listen to this program, remember the victims of September 11th. Uh, it, it was a dark day in America and, you know, let, you know, let's pray for the families, you know, while, while we on air, let's do it right now. Lord, I pray for the families of nine 11, father God there, Lord, that they remember their families today. Lord, we pray for your comfort. We pray for your blessings upon them, your favor. And Lord, we pray that you would encourage them through your Holy spirit in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. All right, guys. So let's start off with our topic. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this past week, uh, I'm, I'm coming to the realization of something. That the Democrat Party, or the people in the Democrat Party, they don't care about your constitutional rights. They don't. And look, we've we, we seen it. We've seen it slowly creep in. We've seen it slowly go about as, you know, you know them, them slowly taking away. But now... It's getting to a point where they're just bluntly taking it away. And there's two stories that happened last week that I, that I, I, I feel 
that it, it just shows, yes, it, it's happening. The Democrat Party don't care about your constitutional right. They, they care about themselves. They care about how they can go ahead and be rich, how they can go ahead and be powerful, how they can go ahead and, 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 and not, you know, not lack anything in their life. The Democrat Party don't care about the American citizens and their rights. They just care about what they can do and how they can go ahead and, and further their agenda. Now, I'm not talking about when I talk, I mentioned this every so often. When I talk about the Democrat Party, I'm not talking about individual people because there are some some loving people that are Democrats that I know. I, I used to have a debate with a lady a while back and look, precious soul. Uh, she, she was a, she was a preacher. Uh, she was a wife of a preacher, but, and she, she hated abortion. She hated certain things that the Democrat party did, but she just couldn't stand Donald Trump. And that was her whole, her whole premise of not voting Republican. So when I talk about people, when I talk about the Democrat party, I'm not talking about people. I want to make that clear. I'm talking about their leadership. Now, there is some liberals that I engage with that I could say, ah, you're a good person, but you have some bad ideas. And ladies and gentlemen, that I'm not talking about normal everyday Americans that are Democrats. I'm talking about their leadership. Their leadership is the, the, the leadership is just evil. And ladies and gentlemen, it, it's it's sad that I have to say that. But yeah, they're just evil. In my humble opinion, and they don't care about your rights. They care about staying in power. Now, a lot of you might be saying, especially people that are on the left, Isaac, bring us the receipts. Show us why you say that these people are evil. Well, we had a few things that happened this week that remind us of the Democrat Party's power grab and they, that they don't, they don't want to go ahead and lose it. One would be that new Mexican governor. The New Mexico, New Mexico governor went ahead and put a 30-day ban on firearms. I thought they weren't against the Second Amendment. I thought they were. I thought they wanted people to have firearms. I thought they wanted people to own guns. And ladies and gentlemen, this, this governor would say, "Hold on, you know, I'm not getting rid of guns. I'm just saying this 30-day ban on guns." And and it was only two counties. It wasn't a major. It wasn't major counties. And the, the Michelle Legrand. Gross, Grossham, Grusom, um, made made some comments because she put this ban in place. On, it was the result of a shooting. I think it was three children, unfortunately, were shot in these counties. And they were saying, well, we're going to go ahead and put this 30-day ban so people will not shoot each other. We're, and, and the whole ban is not a ban on guns, but it's a ban on carrying guns. Um, you couldn't carry, you couldn't open carry in these counties. You couldn't, you couldn't conceal carry. You couldn't even hide it to defend yourself. Now, the controversy came around. That that's controversy enough, but controversy came around when she issued a, a statement on this, and she basically told people that your constitutional rights, not just the Second Amendment, but your constitutional rights, are not absolute. And she, the way she even said it in her statement is that the constitutional rights that I said I'm going to defend are not absolute. Ladies and gentlemen, why didn't the attorney general of this state 
say you're wrong. He may be he or she may be dead. I don't know. We didn't read into detail, but ladies and gentlemen, it's it's bonkers how this woman that 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 knows good and well, she's probably a, a lawyer, knows good and well that the Constitution of the United States says you have the right to bear arms. That is in the Constitution. But this lady believes that she's going to go ahead and save the world by, 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 by issuing a gun statement that, or a gun ban that, that says that you can't carry a gun in these counties because of public health. That's another thing. The way she issued this order or this ban, she issued a emergency of public health. That's right. You not carrying a gun helps your health. Now, I understand why she did it. It's a public health because these children, unfortunately, got uh, got uh, were were shot. And 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 I understand. I understand all that. All right. But ladies and gentlemen, in the name of public health, they're gonna they're gonna try to ban everything. In the name of public health, you can't preach the gospel because you're hurting somebody's feelings. I'm waiting for an order like that. Because I never thought in my lifetime I would see a, a, a governor of a state say, you know what, we're going to put a ban on firearms. Or at least carrying firearms. Ladies and gentlemen, this is very disturbing. And look, she is a Democrat. Governor Michelle is a Democrat. And she's saying because of public health, we got to stop the American citizens from exercising their right and like I said, I could hear the arguments on the left. Isaac, she's not taking guns away. You can have a gun in your home. But what is the purpose of the Second Amendment? We can go into that briefly. The Second Amendment was not written for firearms or for you to be a gun uh, collector and say, oh, this gun is beautiful. The Second Amendment was there to protect you from a foreign government, from a domestic government, uh from people that are trying to hurt you. The second amendment was there for protection, not for hunting, not for gun collectors, not for people to say, well, we think you should have a gun, but the, the, you, you should go ahead and limit everything you do with it. The second amendment is, it, it, it is absolute. And ladies and gentlemen, look, unfortunately, I, I don't know if these counties that she's talking about are Democrat or Republican. I don't care. It don't matter. You're restricting the rights of American citizens to protect themselves. We have a God-given right to protect ourselves in America. But this lady, this Democrat governor of New Mexico, is, is saying that she's going to ban carrying firearms in the state of New Mexico in certain counties. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're from New Mexico, you need to say no. You need to say, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I have a constitutional right to open carry a firearm. I have an oh, I have a constitutional right to conceal carry a firearm if I would if I pull if I please to. But this lady right here don't care about your rights. Because this is a loophole. Or, or try to be loophole. 
to stop you from having guns. The Democrat Party is not against guns, Isaac. Well, it's sounding like it. Because this isn't the first time we hear of a Democrat trying to pass a law or put something in place to ban firearms. I'm sorry. I just... Democrats don't care about your constitutional rights. Why do I say that again? Because there's not this article. Uh, I have an article right here. And, and look, our justice system, and this came from the courts of New Orleans. The fifth, I believe is the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals went ahead and they, they in a 75-page ruling, basically affirmed that the Biden administration violated the First Amendment right. We talked about this a couple of months ago, ladies and gentlemen, if you remember, how the Biden administration, it, it's been proven through the Twitter files and the Facebook files, that the Biden administration reached out to social media companies and told them that, look, we don't like certain COVID posts that Isaac's putting out there or, you know, Scott Ford is putting out there or somebody else that, you know, we don't like their posts, so we want you to remove it remove them and they went to court somebody sued the biden administration and the biden administration was like oh we didn't do nothing wrong the first court said yes you essentially violated the first amendment right because you were a government went you a government government official went to a private company and told them to remove certain citizens posts that's that's that that's just that's what's happened. So the Biden administration went ahead and appealed it. They appealed it to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal. A panel of three judges agreed. And in a 75-page ruling, a, the appeals court panel made up of two George W. Bush nominees and one Trump nominee said that the that President Biden, the U, U.S. Center of the C, Disease Control and Prevention, and FBI and the Surgeon General cannot course certain uh, social media platforms to remove content it deems problematical. Why? Because it violates the First Amendment. Now, if Joe Biden were, if Joe Biden cared about people's constitutional rights, he wouldn't have done this. He would have said, look, I disagree with them. I don't think they should post that. But guess what? We're going to go ahead and we're just going to have to live with it. No, the Biden administration said, heck on that. We're going to go ahead and tell these social media companies to remove that content. Ladies and gentlemen, the Biden administration violated the First Amendment right of so many American citizens by telling Facebook and Twitter and big social media platforms to remove certain content that they felt was problematical. And ladies and gentlemen, why is that a problem? Well, if you if a government goes ahead and starts restricting free speech of their citizens, it's no longer a republic. It's not even a democracy, as the Democrats would say, but they will they will go ahead and make sure they, they want to shut you up. This is what socialistic countries do. They take their citizens and tell them you could you can speak freely as long as it lines up with us. When it don't line up with us, there's going to be consequences. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the same thing with the Second Amendment. Let's go back to the governor of New Mexico. I don't even know if she realized she did this, but. By her saying, hey, we're going to restrict you from your firearms from open carrying. Socialistic countries do that. They go ahead and they take firearms away from the citizens that they can't protect themselves. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why I, I, this is why I'm saying the Democrats don't care about your constitutional rights.
because they're trying to take them away from you. Oh, Isaac, I, that's a bold statement. Well, the two articles I just read, both these events were caused by Democrat activity in the name of public health. And when Democrats start saying your constitutional rights are not absolute, uh, it's time to get these suckers out of office. Because it wasn't just the New Mexico governor that said this. If you remember, the Biden administration, President Joe Biden himself, said the constitutional rights are not absolute. And ladies and gentlemen, when you start hearing government officials say that, it's time to start impeaching them and start showing them who is the real boss. Because in that paper that they're not following the Constitution on the top, it says, we the people. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. We'll be right back in a few moments, so please stay tuned. How you doing, everyone? Isaac here. I'm the Cajun Conservative, and I want to thank Brother Lanny Hayes from Hayes' Dump Truck Service for their generous support of the Cajun Conservative and Brothers Just Searching. Hayes' Dump Truck Service serves the Lafayette and surrounding areas. If you have any job that you need done, like cleanup or hauling material to your job site or your home, we haul limestone, we haul sand, we haul topsoil, any type of material you need. If you're in the Lafayette and surrounding areas, please call Brother Lanny Hayes at 337-852-8043. Remember, Hayes' Dump Truck Service, where Jesus is Lord of the company. Cleansed and made us whole. Not one hope, not one soul. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second segment of the Cajun Conservative Show today. So... I forgot to announce, uh, we're going to have Mr. John Fleming on the show at, uh, in the third segment. He is the former deputy chief of staff of Donald Trump. He's also a former congressman for the state of Louisiana, and he is running for state treasury treasurer in the state of Louisiana right now. Uh, like Dr. John, real good guy. Met him at uh, the RPEC meeting here in St. Martin Parish. Uh, got to talk with him and a uh, real good guy. I, I think he's going to be at an event that I'm attending in a couple of, uh, couple of weeks um, for, for, uh, for an, a political event we're working and uh, we're going to have to see. Uh, I think he's there. I might have to ask him, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, but Dr. John Fleming is going to be there and uh, be with us in the third segment to talk about his race and, uh, maybe get into a little bit of his time in the white house. We'll see what happens. Uh, so that's happening on the third segment. I also want to give a thanks to give a, uh, give a derm. We're going to have that description in the, um, we're going to have their, their, their link in the description. Um, give a derm is a dermatology, uh, skincare product. And uh, me and my wife, we've used it. My wife, uh, my wife introduced me to their face cleaner the other day, and we uh, washed my face with it, and it cleans out your pores. It's, it, it's real good. Uh, we use the soap. My wife uses the lotion and the face treatment. Uh, real good product. Real good product. Now you might be saying, Isaac, what's the difference with that product between every other product? Well, first off, it's an all natural product. Um, they 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 tell us that uh, you can go ahead and eat this stuff and it won't hurt you. You know, if you apply something to your skin, it goes right into your bloodstream. And there's a lot of skincare products out there that that go into your bloodstream and they're full of chemicals and it could hurt you. 
But uh, Give a Derm is a uh, all natural product uh, by some very patriotic women that run it. Um, they're God loving, God fearing people. Uh, you should go ahead and check them out uh, at giveaderm.com. The link is in the description. And also, if you go ahead and buy anything with them, please remember to use the promo code BGS Media 10. BGS Media 10, all caps. And uh, you get 10% off of your. Uh, your sale of the day when of your products. So go ahead and give them out. Uh, uh, check them out. Uh, give a derm. The link is in the description. All right, let's move forward with our stories of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, California passes bill threatening custody of parents who won't affirm their kids' gender. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. In the state of California, and it passed overwhelmingly, not surprisingly for California, um, that that they that they their legislation passed a bill saying that if a parent tells little Johnny that little Johnny is not Gloria, that they can go ahead and take their kids away. Um, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I, I made a TikTok video about this this week, and a lot of things are disturbing about this. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna probably touch on two of them. One would be that the state don't think the parents know what they're doing. And like I said, this is California. We we know. And look, I, as I as I study the Democrat Party, as I study the liberal ways. They're leaning more and more socialistic. This isn't your grandfather's liberal party or your grandfather's Democrat party or grandmother, whatever you want to put. Um, we talked about in the first segment how the Democrat party essentially tried to take away the First Amendment right of people on social media. The de a Democrat governor in New Mexico is taking a Second Amendment right. Do you know what socialistic countries do or socialistic people do with the children? They take the children away from the parents and puts a, put them in indoctrinational camps and tells them that this is the way you're going to think. This is the way you're going to live. We're, we, we're going to tell you what you're going to do with your life. That's a socialistic country. Socialistic countries go ahead and they, they tell the, the kids, hey, this is how it's going to be from now on because we, the government, know better than you. And ladies and gentlemen, I, like people, well, Isaac, that you kind of extreme, but no, but what would they, they're telling parents, listen, if you don't, if you don't listen to us and tell your kids, well, I'm going to use the example of little Johnny telling little Johnny, Hey, you are uh, little Johnny comes up to his mom and says, I'm Gloria. And the parents don't acknowledge that what they can lose their children. That is a stretch. And ladies and gentlemen, there's another problem with this bill. If you think about it. The foster care system, I don't know how it is in California, but all over the nation, the foster care system is overwhelmed. Now you're going to take kids away, that, away from parents that love them to put them into a system that is overwhelmed? Ladies and gentlemen, it, it just don't make sense. Now, we know why this bill was passed. This bill was passed for a political agenda. They want to go ahead and call evil good and good evil. And for some reason, they just they, they think this is the best way telling parents, threatening parents. Hey, if you don't parent your children the way that we tell you to parent them, you're going to lose your kids. And ladies and gentlemen, that that is dangerous. I'm starting. I'm seeing more and more of the left go more and more left. They're not on left field no more. They're past the foul line into the fence and into the other field or into the parking lot, wherever left field leads to. Ladies and gentlemen, this is disturbing in California. And lady, I just, I just, 
I got a few stories from California. So um, Pelosi says she's running. Uh, says she. Uh, Pelosi, so Pelosi announced again that she is running for Congress again. <laughs> uh, she's been in there. I believe I saw an article that said 36 years. Uh, probably never hold a job in a real uh, real job in her life. I don't know. I I don't know Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she has not asked to be on this show. If she would, I would gladly have her on. But uh, Nancy Pelosi is running again for Congress. She uh, She's 83. She's been in there for 36 years. And she just wants to stay in the old folks home in Washington, D.C., unfortunately. And ladies and gentlemen, when I first saw it, the first thing that came to mind is that she wants to keep her power. Because Nancy Pelosi has a lot of power in Washington, D.C. She's not the Speaker of the House no more or the 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 the, the, the second speaker or whatever, the, the minority speaker. She's not that no more. That just uh, belongs to Akeem Jeffries. But Akeem Jeffries calls uh, Nancy Pelosi and asks for her advice. And I, uh, this is for power. I said, look, this is the whole of power. And it, that, that could be true. But at the same time, I got a Fox News article. That said, Pelosi says she's running because she needed to be able to raise fun, raise significant money. If you go into deep with the article, she says that if she would not run, she couldn't give money to other candidates and she couldn't make money for herself. Uh, speaking with the outlet political, the 83 year old representative from California said her veteran status in Congress is a major asset for raising funds. My focus in the House and presidency, your um my focus in the House and presidency, you're in a stronger position as a candidate, Pelosi told Politico in an interview. You may not know this, but if you're not a candidate, you really can't raise money for yourself. Also raising money for myself enabled me to spend that on other people. So ladies and gentlemen, she don't care about you, the citizens of San Francisco and the surrounding areas of California. She likes her money. <laughs> <laughs> the truth be told, Nancy Pelosi, don't care about the American people. She cares about money. She cares about raising funds for herself and other people. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth is out. And look, this is majority of politicians in the country. They don't care about you, the American citizen. They care about their pocketbook. And look, you got to realize Nancy Pelosi don't make that much money in Congress. A congressman only makes a few hundred thousand. If I'm not mistaken, now that's a lot more than I, I'm making. But um, but ladies and gentlemen, the the cat's out the back. It really is because this woman is saying she don't care about you. She cares about raising money. And that's why she is running for Congress again. Not because... She has done a good job, not because she has um, she has done things that that have helped this nation as speaker of the house. No, ladies and gentlemen, she has she's she's running again to keep her income. And ladies and gentlemen, she might she might care more about her party than the American people. But I, I'm going to say this. At least she's honest. At least she's honest by saying, hey, I'm doing it for the money. I ain't doing it for the American people. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this is majority of Democrats, unfortunately. All right. Um, this is something that every city should do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Every city in America should tell the government, hey, 
Go off and do what you want to do in Washington, D.C. We're going to do what we want to do in our city. And I'm not talking about like breaking the law or breaking away from the union or anything. But on this, I think every city should do. What am I talking about? Well, city in California votes to ban universal COVID-19 masks and vaccine mandate. Uh, this little town in California said, nope, we're not going to go ahead and abide by the government's mass and vaccine mandate. Uh, the government of Hutchinson Beast, California, voted Wednesday to ban universal mass and vaccine mandates. The matter was submitted by Mayor Pro Temp uh, Grocery Van Deer Mark, long name, <laughs> and included on the city agenda and included it on the city's agenda. Uh, Van Der Mark said mass mandates imposed in the city unnecessarily limit the freedom of the citizens of ha Hattiting Breach, even those who were not in around anyone who tested positive for COVID-19 or at risk of any, exp uh, uh, any exposure. The declaration nearly passed with the city council voting 4-3 before adjourning around 2.48 a.m. The ban will apply to city officials and not private businesses. And that's how it should be. Look, if you own um, a, a surf uh, business around this town, you can tell you can ask your customers, hey, would you please wear a mask? We want to we we're afraid of COVID-19. We want you to wear a mask. That is a business choice. But for the city to come and say, hey, you cannot wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. You have to get vaccinated. No. And I think every city should do this. Every city should go ahead and say, we're not going to wear a mask. We're not going to we're not going to you know, if you want to go get the vaccination, that is up to you. That is fine. You as an American citizen, go and get the vaccination if you want it. But if you are an American citizen like myself that says, I don't want it, you should not tell me, well, you're going to lose your job or you can't fly or you can't do this or you can't do that. The government does not have the right to do that. And this this right here, this, this mayor, I don't know if it's a Republican or a Democrat. It really don't matter at the moment. Did the right thing. Look, I'm not going to force my workers as the mayor, this mayor says, to go ahead and enforce mass mandates and vaccine mandates. And every city should do this to protect their people. Look, the United States government should pass a revolution to do this. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we're going into this year. And like I said, what I'm reading, they're, they're pushing for mass and mandates and everything and i don't care what dr fauci says i got a i got uh some video clips from july 2000 uh july of 2022 and august of 2022 where dr fauci said we didn't force nobody to go into the lockdowns we didn't force nobody to wear masks but in august of 2020 he was saying i, I told the president to lock down the government uh, lock down the country and to force these things ladies and gentlemen we cannot go back to that this town is standing up, and I commend this town for doing so. And look, like it passed barely, but hey, it's in the, it's in it's 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 in the town now. Now, what the government says that that's something else. Like California might tell them, hey, you have to do it because we, as the government, tells you to do it. But we have to see what happens. So, um, there's been a migrant problem in the United States for a little while now. As you know, if you listen to any time of the show, we talk about the border. But some governors got real smart on the issue when 
Democrat governors were like, let them come over. They're secret. They're seeking asylum. And the red states were being overwhelmed by migrants from other nations coming across the border. Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis, and a few other governors say, you know what? Cities in California, Chicago, New York, and all these other big cities call themselves sanctuary cities. And they told migrants and immigrants, hey, come all over, come to our city. We will protect you. We will give you a place to live. It is starting to get overwhelmed now because these governors said, look, jump on a bus. We're going to send you to the sanctuary cities. They're not going to stay in our state. And ladies and gentlemen, now Chicago, New York, and all these other places are being overrun. Eric Adams, the governor of New York, is saying that I can't fix this problem. It's going to get worse. But Eric Adams was also one that would be, that said that New York City was a sanctuary city. And there was a lot of stories that came out. And one like Chicago O'Hare Airport used as a migrant shelter as the crisis overwhelms cities like a scene from Mad Max. That's one that's from Fox News. Uh, the airport in in Chicago is being used as a shelter. They don't have enough places to put all these migrants. There is videos and it was on Fox News last week where kids were getting ready for school and half of the children that were going to school were illegal immigrants. And look, I'm not against children having an education, but ladies and gentlemen, the public school system is made for the American citizen, not for illegal aliens and or illegal immigrants. Ladies and gentlemen, our country is going to hell in a handbasket because we have open borders and our cities are being overwhelmed by illegal immigrants and the president still keeps the border open where we have an average of 2.5 million people crossing over our border every year. Oh, that's okay. He likes that because apparently that's his votes for him because in certain states like New York and Chicago and uh, California, I don't think you need a voter ID so people can go vote. So that does that's numbers for the president, but he don't care about other people. Also, Anna Navarro from the view. I haven't mentioned the view in a while. I'm surprised I'm mentioning him here. Um, but Anna Navarro says illegal migrants need to be resettled elsewhere. Not in these big cities. That's right. Anna Navarro lives, I believe lives in New York or she, at least she works in New York and she made some comments about, about this, uh, about this uh, this problem, and she was basically saying that the the, the governors of the of the states, the governors need to go ahead and move these migrants, resettle them somewhere else. Uh, where will you move them to? Where will you go ahead and and resettle them to Republican cities, maybe? And look, that, that's the funny thing about this, okay? She she made the she argued the U.S. is big enough to spread illegal migrants out and allow them to resettle outside the overwhelmed big cities, despite suburbs and other rural areas having less funds to resource them, their major cities to provide for the migrants. Border officials have incur, encountered over 1.9 million migrants at the U.S. border in 2023 financial year prompting Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott to continue busing migrants to Democrat-led cities. So Anna, uh, Anna Navarro says, we, America's big enough. Let's just spread them all over. Um, the, the problem with it is that rural areas, like, like my little town I live in, we don't have the resources to care for migrants. And 
I hate to say it, the Democrats led cities that said, hey, come over here. They, they got what they asked for. Your sanctuary city, we will bust them to your city. And ladies and gentlemen, now it's starting to be issue and it's hitting their backyard. So now they want to get rid of them again. So much for loving and caring the illegal immigrants. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Anna Navarro, you, you, you go ahead and you, you take this in. You take this in because this is what red states were fighting against. And ladies and gentlemen, it's hitting their backyard now. And like I said, it's a, it's a sad state. You know, it, there was a president, though, oh, about three years ago, four years ago, that just started enforcing laws at the border. He didn't even sign new laws. He just started enforcing laws that were on the books that were never forced. Uh, and your city wasn't overwhelmed. But y'all got mad because he closed the border. He wanted to build a border wall. He was insensitive to these people. So why are you being insensitive to these migrants that are in your backyard now shouldn't you should take them into your mansion in california or your penthouse whatever you have all right one more story before we uh start our interview with dr john fleming um poster seen 2024 uh, for weakness for biden amongst non-white voters this comes from the daily wire this is coming from a poll from cnn uh cnn uh put out this poll and it was very damning to the president and it's it's weird when CNN starts putting out a poll, you know it's bad because they can't hide it no more. Um, a, a CNN poll shows that Trump is ahead by one point, 43-44. That's a poll they have. But other, excuse me, but other uh, candidates, he's he's losing really bad. Um, 58-34 amongst white voters. Uh, he's leading just 58, 40% white, uh, non-white voters. That is down from his previous, um, the poll. I'm trying to see if they have the other numbers here. Um, uh, it's asked about his health. They said uh, in the majority of the people in the poll said they don't think Biden should run again. They also believe in the poll that, uh, his policies are weakening the economy. So ladies and gentlemen, and this is all from CNN and look, I, I, I watched, uh, I think it was Jesse Waters and Sean Hannity, and they were talking about this. And ladies and gentlemen, now that CNN is starting to stab Biden in the back, it's really getting it's really getting bad. People, it look, do I believe polls? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna be be honest with you. Uh, the last two election cycles, um, this is including the congressional races. I, I just I don't trust polls. Because now we know that the 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 Roe v. Wade and, and the overturning and all that that probably played a factor in it. But we would the Republicans supposed to have supermajority in the House and win some seats in the Senate, take over the Senate to stop Biden, and it didn't happen. Biden was wasn't supposed to win for president. Whoopie do he won. Uh, Hillary was supposed to win for president. Trump won. So the polls uh, there's there's really a few polls I trust. But if this if these polls are true. Biden is not going to be president come 2024. And with the people having concerns over Biden, um, it is, it is, they, they, uh, what they vote for Donald Trump? Probably not, but they might vote for a third party candidate or in the primaries, they might vote for RFK Jr. And ladies and gentlemen, these polls right here, they're just, they're damning. They're, they're damning. They're dooming to, to president Biden. And, 
now, like I said, if this came from Fox News or Daily Wire, you might say, well, Isaac, that is a biased company that's doing that. It's not from them. It's from CNN. And ladies and gentlemen, if CNN starting to report this, uh, they, 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 need, they need to start looking for another candidate. The Democrat Party, they want to stay in power. But the, but the Democrat Party are so ins, uh, insistent, uh, persistent to keep Joe Biden in there. I don't know why people don't like him. And and if they keep this course, Donald Trump or another Republican candidate will be your president in 2024. That's what I'm predicting. If it stays the same way with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back in a few moments with Mr. John Fleming, Dr. John Fleming. Uh, he is running for state treasurer here in the state of Louisiana. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back in just a few moments. So please stay tuned. Cheers and good on you, boys and girls. My name is Scott Ford, and I have a show on Rumble. It's the Scott Ford Show, all one word. The Scott Ford Show, all one word, and it's on Rumble. I'd be very happy if you went ahead and subscribed, like Isaac. I'm a true American-loving patriot. Thank you, Isaac. God bless. Enjoy your life. You're my peace of mind. When this old world seems to get me down. All right, everybody, welcome back to the third and final segment of the Cajun Conservative Show. Today, I have the pleasure and the honor of having on the show today Dr. John Fleming. He is former congressman. He is former deputy chief of staff to Donald Trump, and he is currently running for state treasury here in the state of Louisiana. Dr. John, welcome to the Cajun Conservative Show. How you doing, sir? Yeah, thanks. Great to be on with you today. Um, so, so this is take two. We're going to be honest with the audience. This is take two. Has some technical difficulties, but uh, Dr. John, again, uh, tell everyone uh, why you're running for state treasury, and um, you know, you know, why, why, why are you looking at that position for the state of Louisiana? Absolutely. Well, first of all, let me just tell you a little bit about my background that I think will be helpful for your audience. Uh, I grew up in a working class home. I know what it is to deal with a tight budget. My dad died as I left for college, meaning that I had to find other resources and work my way through. After college, I went to medical school, then joined the military. I was a Navy doctor for six years and then settled down in a small town in Louisiana called Menden in Webster Parish and still have an active practice today. But along the way, um, I became interested in opening businesses and getting into real estate. So I've been a business owner. I own 35 Subway restaurants, among other things. And I know what it is to make a payroll. I know what it is to sign the front part of the check, not just the back part of the check. And um, uh, along about 2008, I became concerned about my country. And there was an opportunity to run for Congress, and I ran uh, and served for eight years. And um, not only was I concerned about Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama and what they were trying to do, bringing on the early stages of wokeness, but also even our Republican leadership I was not happy with. So a group of us came together, nine of us, the founding members of the House Freedom Caucus, and other notable names are Mark Meadows, Ron DeSantis, and Jim Jordan. And we really, I think, uh, and even today, the Freedom House Freedom Caucus is forging positive and conservative changes in Washington. So after my eight years in Congress, President Trump appointed me to a leadership position in health and human services as a physician. 
and then later moved me to the head of the Economic Development Administration, which required Senate confirmation. And then the last year of his uh, administration, he moved me to the West Wing of the White House, where I served as Deputy Chief of Staff, working alongside Mark Meadows. And um, I was there during the peak of the pandemic, and uh, I had many different roles there, trying to keep this country rolling while we were still in a century uh, pandemic. Uh, so now that, that, that all of that is over with, uh, and I've, I'm you know, very anxious to work to turn uh, Louisiana around, as you know, Louisiana seems to be 50th in everything good and number one in everything bad. Our economy's been languishing for a century since Huey Long, and it's time that we reform our government, do away with the personal income tax, uh, you know, uh, reduce our tax overall in our regulations and really begin to compete with Southern states around us that are growing and ascending while Louisiana is still losing population and losing valuable businesses. So I wanna be part of a conservative team in 2024, including the governor and the legislature, supermajority of conservatives, that we're gonna to work together to finally break through and get this state up and running. So that's, that's the overall view uh, but there's some detailed issues and challenges that we can get to as well that I look forward to. Uh, talking about the challenges, because, you know, we have we have John Schroeder that's in there right now. Uh, previously before him was uh, John Kennedy. And uh, now I got a, I got a question to ask you. And this is um, this is inside stuff. I don't know if you're if you're uh, you're privileged to, to tell us that. But to be secretary of uh, the state treasury, do you have to have the first name John? Because you know, after you, if I run, I'm out. I'm Isaac. You know, it almost <laughs> seems that way, doesn't it? So <laughs> I would be the third John in a row. Uh, so let's uh, let's kind of keep it rolling. Hey, let's you keep know, it rolling. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, but back to the question though, because uh, you had two previously yeah. good state treasurers. They 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 right. did some well stuff. They did they 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 took care of that position very well. Um, how, how is that going to go forward? Are you going to keep doing what they were doing or what, what, you know, you have anything planned to go forward sure. of your own? Well, uh, as you recall, uh, John Kennedy, uh, enhanced the, uh, unclaimed property portion of the treasurer's office, which is to give money back to citizens that, that, that is deserved to them, whether it's inheritance or maybe a, a tax refund or something that for whatever reason, never made it to the person. Uh, and governors and legislatures have tried to take that money at times, and they've done a good job, uh, the previous treasurers, to prevent that from happening. Uh, number two uh, is under John Schroeder's tenure, there's been the issue with uh, ESG investments. He divested $800 million of uh, ESG, and uh, well, uh, basically BlackRock, which is heavily invested in ESG, and uh, that's a positive development because study after study shows that ESG investments give very poor return and the taxpayers deserve better than that. Yeah. Isn't it the Biden administration that they, they went ahead and put into a plant somewhere in, in the United States for ESG and climate control and stuff and it bankrupt? It was the uh, it was for electric vehicles. Right. Well, there's several examples. Uh, one notable example under President Obama was Solyndra, which was supposed to take the marketplace for fact, factoring, um, uh, creating, uh, manufacturing, if you will, uh, solar panels from China. 
and uh, the government lent over $500 million, and that place closed up in a matter of months. And all that money went into the pockets of bigwig Democrats and politicians. Uh, it never went to the benefit of the citizens. So um, every time you go down that road of government subsidizing these woke ideas, it's just a waste of money, and it does nothing for our environment. Uh, the United States has done a better job in reducing CO2 emissions than any Western nation, and we've done it through natural gas because natural gas is a very, very clean yep. um, a carbon-based energy. And uh, for me, I'm, I'm an all-above guy. If there is... Uh, if it's more cost effective and lowers uh, power rates to, to use one type of system over another and the government's not subsidizing it, I'm all for it. But as it turns out, there's just nothing as clean or as efficient as natural gas. And we are floating on natural gas in this country and especially in Louisiana. So why in the world would uh, President Biden be shutting all that down and then buying oil from uh, oil and gas from Saudi Arabia at a much higher price. It makes no sense at all. Uh, it's, it's the past their agenda. Unfortunately, you get what I'm saying? They just, they don't, they don't, Dr. John, I, I'm gonna be honest with you on, on that note. I, I don't honestly think president Biden really cares about the American citizens. I think he cares more about protecting his family and filling up his back pocket with cash. I would agree with you, um, and I, I'm not really so sure that President Biden is a decision maker anyway. True. Uh, he's surrounded by senior uh, decision makers from the Obama administration. Some even speculate that President, former President Obama himself may be passing along uh, decisions. And again, um, I have no inside knowledge of this, and I can't confirm it. But, um, you know, you hear comments from President Biden like, well, I said something wrong and I'm going to get in trouble. Well, you're the president of the United States. <laughs> you're the leader of the free world. Who do you get in trouble with uh, when you make a statement? Because that should all be coming from your mind. And it would seem that he really answers to other people. So that's a very worrisome situation, particularly as we approach reelection uh, and, and a guy who obviously has some uh, disabilities when it comes to his brain function. We all recognize that fact. So um, anyway, uh, it would seem that you're right. Remember that in my view, and I think in the view of our founding fathers, government has two viable, important roles. One is to protect its citizens. And President Biden has not been doing that no. either at the city level or on our southern border. And then number two is to regulate commerce so that one business doesn't have an unfair advantage over others. And of course, uh, he's doing everything he can to favor uh, some states and some businesses over others. So uh, he is not really complying with our founders' vision uh, as the role of government. I, I, we were talking about this earlier. You know, the founding fathers are probably turning over in their graves. It's, it's sad because they, they never envisioned a government this big. They they wanted a government that was small. Uh, a lot of people would ask, why did George Washington only take two terms as the president? There was no term limit then for the president. Well, he didn't want to stay in that role for God knows how many years. He didn't mm -hmm. want it to be like a kingship. And it's way different now where we had our first president says, look, I'm going to do eight years. 
And then the second, then, then we have this week Nancy Pelosi announcing at 83 that she's going to run for another congressional race. It's just, well, it, it, I, I, I call this, I call the Trump, uh, the Biden administration, the backwards administration, because they do everything backwards, and the Democrat Party does the same thing. Yeah, look, the Democrat Party has now become basically the Socialist Party yep. of the U.S. They've left everybody behind. And uh, for them, it's all of it's really all about uh, gaining power and control over the electorate. And this, of course, is the way socialist countries do this. And unfortunately, there's not a successful socialist country ever. Uh, they've all gone down the tubes in, in North Korea, uh, Venezuela, the old Soviet Union. Uh, you know, they're all going down. They're circling the toilet. And why in the world would we go that direction when we've defeated communism and socialism? So um, I hope the American people will wake up to what's going on around them. Yes, sir. So, so let's get back to your, your race. You're not the only candidate in the race. Uh, I wish you was running on a polls, uh, to be honest. But uh, unfortunately, we have another Republican in there that is a part of the good old boy system we like to call it here in louisiana where we think louisiana is fine as long as we're filling up our pockets and right. influencing people that have a lot of money or the advocate something of that nature uh right. then you have a left-wing democrat that has come out and says listen i want to stop all the all fill i want to start spending more on esg i want to start i want to pass this social agenda and that social agenda right when i heard his ad for the first time i was like he lost because he came yeah. against uh energy but Dr. John, how's that race going? You know, uh, are you up ahead? Or are you tied? Or what's going on with that? Uh, we ran a poll two weeks ago. And um, remember, there's one Democrat and two Republicans. I'm one Republican and there's the other. And uh, the Democrat got 30% of the votes, uh, which is not uh, unexpected. Those who are diehard Democrats are going to vote for whoever's got a D next to their name, regardless of who they are. Uh, I got 21%, and then my Republican opponent got 7%. So my numbers were three times my Republican opponent. And it seems the reason is that um, people feel like that my Republican opponent is a rhino. He recently voted to uh, bust the caps on the budget in the legislature that was signed into law by John Bell Edwards. And uh, they wasted $2 billion on pet projects that could have been deployed to pay down the debt and increase the uh, income stream to the state. This is going to put the next governor in a hole, and it's going to force him to consider raising taxes once again, which is exactly opposite of what we need to do to turn this state around. So um, it looks like that, uh, uh, based on the poll, that I will uh, uh, survive the primary and be in a runoff election with the Democrat. And as you point out, the Democrat is very woke. I've met him. I've talked to him. I've even been in forums with him. He believes in the so-called um, uh, demand type of economy, which is put as much money in the pockets of people and let them go out there and spend it, and that'll create jobs. Well, that's what Biden has been doing. That's Biden economics. And now we have inflation out of control and interest rates up to 7 and 8%. So he wants to double down on that and do even more of it. That's the last thing we need to do. President Trump signed into law in 2017 the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, which spurred our economy like we haven't seen yep. really since Ronald Reagan. 
And uh, that was supply side economics, which is very successful. And you know who benefited the most from that? It was the working class, the lower income people, because their pay went up faster than any other group. And quite frankly, again, the woke approach to this, the Biden economics benefits most the wealthy because inflation enhances the value of real estate and assets. And it's the wealthy who have those. So if you really care about the American people, the middle class, the working class, you know, the the hardworking stiff that's going paycheck to paycheck, you really need to cut taxes and regulations and, and make it where he can get a better or she can get a better job or a higher paying job. And uh, that's what moves America forward. Yeah, 61% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, unfortunately. Right. And it is sad. So, so Dr. John, we have a, uh, we have a few more minutes. Uh, we, we hear about your candidacy and how you run for state. Uh, can we go into a little bit of uh, your time as deputy chief of staff? Uh, you were on the Mark Meadows. Um, you, you, you went through the COVID years with Donald Trump. Uh, how, how was that? How was that being in the White House at that time? And how is it working with how how was it working with Mark Meadows and our former president, Donald Trump? Oh, it was a great experience. Uh, uh, you know, highest levels of competency. And remember, we haven't had a pandemic in 100 years. So uh, the experts all told us that we needed to to shut down the economy for at least six weeks uh, and then gradually open it up. And the reason is because we were seeing very high death rates from that first uh, mutation, that first version of uh, COVID. So the problem is when you shut a country down, these businesses may not open back up again unless you help them. So So we worked very hard to make sure there were programs for businesses to stay open and keep their employees, even if they weren't working. And it was very successful. And uh, I also was a liaison for the 2020 census, which is a requirement by the constitution every 10 years. And uh, the, the enumerators were supposed to be out in the field by April 1st, and that was the peak of the pandemic. So what we did is uh, we doubled down on the number of, of those and we put in place certain protections to protect their health and the health of people that they were visiting on. Uh, I, I uh, was uh, involved in um, sub-cabinet decision-making, uh, choosing and approving uh, flag-level officers, that's generals and admirals. Uh, so it was a very fulfilling work. I was only... 10 steps away from the Oval Office, and I valued very much my relationship, my working relationship and personal relationship with President Trump, as well as many others who were in the White House. So it was a it was a fantastic opportunity for me, and I learned so much about it. So I want to bring my private sector and my public sector experience, both in the Trump administration and uh, in Congress, as well as uh, my business years, to Baton Rouge and really help implement the kind of changes working with our governor that'll turn our state around once on the governor's race do you do you see one clear front runner or do you what what what's your what's your prediction going forward because we're only a a little over a month away until election day absolutely well i'm not endorsing uh, any of the candidates but i'm friends with all of them and we have excellent candidates. Obviously, the leading candidate is uh, Jeff Landry, 
Uh, he has by far the most money and the highest poll ratings. Uh, but even if for some reason he doesn't make it, we have uh, other candidates who are very strong as well. So I'm confident that we're going to have a very strong conservative Republican governor as opposed to what happened in the last eight years where we ended up with John Bill Edwards, who has been a disaster for our state. Um, so and in the legislature, it seems very clear that we're going to have a supermajority of Republicans uh, in both the House and the Senate. So it's looking, it's really looking good for us. If we get these folks in, and if I get in, I think Louisiana has the best future that we've seen in decades. On, on the election day, you, you have an election party or what? What was going on with that? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I've been so busy with campaigning, I haven't even thought about that. Um, I try not to get, you know, too far over the tips of my skis. And um, so I'm, I'm more concerned with winning, although I'm well ahead and w would likely win. Um, you know, as I mentioned, the, the poll shows me at 21 percent at my Republican opponent at only seven. I, that's three times his number. I just all I have to do is is get past him to be in the runoff with the, the very woke liberal Democrat. And we're a 60 40 state, 60 percent Republican conservative. So I feel confident that we'll win at that level. So it's all looking very good. It's a pathway to success. And, uh, but again, our, whenever I campaign, and I've done a number of campaigns, I always run like I'm behind, like I'm the last one in the race. That's, that's how you gotta do it, dude. You don't, uh, you don't, you don't count the chickens before they hatch. I just say that in Cajun country. Exactly. So uh, Dr. John, if, uh, if anybody uh, wants to get in touch with your campaign or wanna donate or, just see more about you. Uh, where can they find all the information? Yes, uh, you can go to FlemingForTreasurer.com, and that's Fleming with one M, Fleming for F-O-R, Treasurer.com. And you can learn more about me in my campaign. You can donate. Uh, you can reach out, volunteer, all of that from that website. You can also go to John Fleming uh, for L.A. under Facebook and uh, follow Facebook. I've been endorsed by the Republican Party of Louisiana. I've been endorsed by 10 so far and growing uh, Republican parish executive committees. And I have all of the key ones now, you know, East Baton Rouge, uh, Caddo, Bossier, Lafayette, uh, Calcasieu, uh, St. Tammany. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And I'm also endorsed by three congressmen, Mike Johnson, Clay Higgins, and of course, my good friend, Jim Jordan, uh, from Ohio. So, um, so we're, we're doing very, very well, but again, we're not going to let up until we get to the finish line. That's awesome. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't do too many endorsements on this show, but I'm going to tell people, go vote for John Flemings. If you live in the state of Louisiana, you and, uh, you and Blake Miguez, man, we need me people like y'all. And, uh, we're going to be here for three hours on election night doing election coverage. And I, I, I'm hoping I call your name as we project that you win the, the election. You just don't go into a runoff because, uh, because on that, I, I could, I could talk all day about, about the way we elect people here in Louisiana. We need, we need, uh, we need good primaries. We need, uh, we don't need jumbo primaries and stuff like that. But I, I know, I know, I don't know if you have a thought on that, but you know, uh, I know you. Yeah, I, I do have a thought. I definitely think we should go to closed primaries. Um, we're going to get more conservative Republicans elected if we go to closed primaries. Um, and, and, you know, we need to settle the question is, uh, before we even go up against a Democrat, who is the strongest, the true conservative, who has the most conservative record, 
uh, incompetency. We need to settle that among the Republicans first before we go up against Democrats. But in open primaries, um, Democrats can play and yep. they can work against the more conservative Republican. And we, we need to put a stop to that. So I, I really think we should look forward to that's just one of the new achievements we should do in 2024. That's what I was going to ask you. In 2024, do you see the supermajority House and Senate putting a bill forward saying, look, we need to get this done? Because every, everyone I've talked to, uh, I've, I've asked Blake, I've asked Alan Seaball, I've asked, well, I'm going to ask Alan in the future when he comes on. But every every state rep candidate uh, or state senate senate uh, that I've talked to, they all have had the same idea. We need to get a closed primary in here. Do you see that going forward? I really do. I, I really think uh, it's it's past time for that. And um, uh, you know, uh, remember, in an open primary, you have Democrats voting for or against a Republican. And so the, uh, oftentimes Democrats are going to vote uh, for the less conservative Republican. So why we as a party that's a conservative party, why should we allow Democrats to pull that power away from us as Republicans? It really makes no sense whatsoever. So uh, I do anticipate there will be a strong movement in that direction. Well, let's hope, Dr. John, let's hope. So, again, you know, if anybody wants to get in touch with Dr. John or this campaign, just go look up his websites he brought out on his Facebook page. Uh, Dr. John, hopefully we'll be talking to you uh, after the uh, prime, after the, uh, the the October election uh, as vict- uh, being a Victoria, you know, as being the, the state treasury. Uh, we're going to have to do this again soon. Uh, you're always welcome on the program. Great. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure. And, yeah, let's uh, – Let's work together to make Louisiana a much better state. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dr. John, thank you, sir, for coming on. We appreciate you. Absolutely. That was Dr. John Fleming. He is running for state treasury here in the state of Louisiana. He's also a former congressman and also former deputy chief of staff to Donald Trump. Uh, If you live in Louisiana, this is a statewide election. Go ahead and vote john fleming if you live in district 22 vote for blake Miguez. uh and let, let's get some conservatives out here let, this not uh also alan seaball uh we have we have some good candidates guys if you live in louisiana please vote conservative and let's change the state around as dr fleming said early in the interview we can't be 58 on good and everything and up on number one of bad we have to get that turnaround so go ahead and do that for us here at the cage conservative show do us a favor and vote republican just not republican conservative republican with that being said that's all the time we have for today i want to thank you for watching this episode and listening to this episode of the cage conservative show again hit the subscribe button hit the follow button on the platform you're listening on remember jesus christ is king he's coming back he's coming back soon so don't be fade of heart because jesus has overcome the world if you want to know jesus your lord and savior reach out to me at the cage conservative five at gmail.com i'll tell you how to make jesus your savior and heaven your home until next time be blessed be encouraged you have a good one